Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection, and prayer for Sunday, the 12th of December, the third Sunday in Advent. Today, our readings come from the Gospel of Luke and from Zephaniah in the Old Testament. Our hymns come from Dunblane Cathedral Choir and the Scottish Festival Singers. Each Sunday we have our church services held in Jordan Hill Parish Church at half past ten and all are welcome to come along. This evening, the 12th of December, we also have our service of lessons and carols at half past six with the Jordan Hill Community Choir and the Jordan Hill Handbell Ringers. All are welcome to all of our services. This Christmas time, we have also chosen a congregational charity for our collections at the end of our festive services. This year, our Christmas charity appeal will be for Alzheimer's Scotland, a charity that is close to many people within the congregation and the wider community. For more about this charity and ways of contributing, please visit the church website or phone the church office. We gather to worship God. God comes, so don't let go of all the reasons to rejoice. We will sing a song of Advent to the one who fills our lives with joy. God comes, so don't stop lifting your prayers with thanksgiving. We will sing a song of Advent to the one who hears our words and silence. God comes. So don't stop giving all your praise to God. We will sing a song of Advent to the one who brings peace and hope. We worship God.
Our first reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, reading from verse 7 to verse 18. This follows on from our readings last week and continues the story of John the Baptist. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptised by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? And in reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors came to be baptised, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptise you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. And we read from Zephaniah chapter 3, reading from verse 14 to 20, a song of joy. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands Grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing, as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame, and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise, and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home, at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, 
when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Amen. And thanks be to God for this reading of his word. It is a well-known generalisation that some cultures are far more expressive and emotive than others. In some parts of the world, it's known that people talk more with their hands than they do with words. They're quite animated and expressive and filled with enthusiasm and joy. Excepting rugby matches and hogmanay, the Scots, on the whole, are not overly emotive and expressive as a people. Everything done decently and in order, self-effacing, controlled and avoiding the dramatics of other cultural types. We like things to be steady and even and orderly. And maybe that's just the Presbyterians amongst us, but it's no bad thing. But when in the Bible we read about the need to rejoice, as we have in Zephaniah, and when we come to phrases like celebrating Christmas, that can be a bit of a drawback to us, our reticence. In the books of the Old Testament and in our reading from Zephaniah, we come across the exuberance and the joyfulness that accompany the firm belief, the prophecy, that a saviour would come to help the oppressed children of Israel. Many of the prophetic books in the Old Testament were written just before, during or after the time of the exile in Babylon of the Jewish people and the wiping out of the old kingdoms of Israel and Judah. The hope remained carefully nurtured that God would once more return to his people and that they would return to their homeland, and that, for them, was a cause of great joy. The people were despairing, and then suddenly hope in the form of a new king came. It's as if a deep and heavy cloud had been pierced by a ray of sunlight. They held on to the belief, the prophecy, not the prediction, that one day God's blessing would return, and the people would be saved. According to the times in which they lived, all they could see was a warrior king coming to give victory. Whereas we know with the benefit of history that victory came through the sacrifice of a son. God does not contain himself to our predictions. He has his own purpose, and his purpose was to reveal his victory through the love and the example of Jesus. Jesus is the fulfilment of the law and the prophets. He is the completion of God's love. He is the crystallisation of hope. He is the expression of life. And that is something to be glad about. That is something to rejoice over. This Jesus who fulfilled, in the words of the prophet Zephaniah, God's promise to remove disaster and judgment to set people free, to save the lame and gather the outcast, to wash away shame and to bring his people home. That is something that should make us all joyful 
and particularly the fulfilment of that last promise to bring his people home. There is a lot of focus and attention as Christmas approaches on coming home, of being at home, of gathering at home. Sometimes that is an easy and a wonderful thing, and sometimes it is more complicated depending on people's situations. What gives me joy are the services around this time of year when people come back to church and the sense of warmth and belonging and love that they feel in doing so. If only they would realise that this could be their home, not just for a few hours a year, but all the year round, at home with all of God's children, all of God's diverse family. That, of course, was hard for us to do last year, and it's looking like this year it will be hard too. But we trust that things will get better, and they will. And that will be something to rejoice about. The stories of the first Christmas are filled with light and fulfilment. Jesus is the light in the darkness and the fulfilment of God's promise and ancient Israel's yearning. Not surprisingly, the stories are also filled with joy. And these three themes, light, fulfilment, joy, are not separate themes, but more like threads woven together seamlessly into a whole. Many of the opening lines of familiar Christmas hymns contain that theme. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This is why we also need to use the word rejoice more often. Rejoice with an exclamation mark. It stops you in your tracks, it grabs your attention, it makes you think and wonder and question, what is there about that we can rejoice in these days? What in my life is a cause for joy? And what, for some, will find joyful at this time of year? For some it will be too hard this year because these are hard times and they have been quite difficult for many. There is, of course, a continuing grimness to our world that refuses to be papered over with festive jollity because situations are far from easy. But then joy isn't about papering over the cracks or ignoring the reality or even submerging into a food and a drink-filled binge that obliterates everything just for a brief spell of time. Joy, rejoicing, is about going deeper, about considering what really matters and what people, things, places are the root and the source of why we should be thankful and grateful. In the darkest and most painful of times, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace reaches out to us and, as C.S. Lewis once wrote, we are surprised by joy. Joy which we may feel we had no right to expect, 
joy which we certainly may not have deserved, but joy nonetheless. The people of Israel in Zephaniah's time, beaten, broken, downhearted, are stunned into joyful joyfulness by God's unexpected but characteristic graciousness. Perhaps it's the case in our own time with the relentless bad news from just about every quarter and the painful reality that our world is riven through with our own incompetence and brokenness and incompleteness. The unexpected joy of the coming of the Saviour will then hit us square in the face and we too may find ourselves surprised by joy at what that good news will mean for us. That there is light, that there is hope, that there is love, enough for everyone. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Jesus is coming. Rejoice. Amen. Let us pray. O holy God, ever with us and ever on your way towards us, we look to you this Advent, willing your kingdom to come, but knowing that it is not ours to take. So come to us in your many guises of love. Meet our longing. Enter our waiting, give life to our hoping. Advent God, you give us reason to go on. Give hope to those who this day all over the world are hungry for basic gifts. Food to stop the aching of hunger. A home to put pictures on the wall. Education to open the door to a job. Justice to give everyone a chance. Advent God, you are the one who never fails to love to the limit. You love without question the loveless, the unlovely and the unlovable. May we do the same. We are aware of people or groups we instinctively reject because of what they've done to us or what they represent to us. Give us strength to love and find paths to bring hope and reconciliation. Advent God, you are the source of inexhaustible delight. In a world of desperate, which is fine to fight, which is trying to find something to rejoice in, take us to the place where true joys are to be found. We pray for those who face Christmas and New Year with apprehension knowing it to be a time where poverty is often found. Poverty of love, poverty of friendships, poverty of purpose, poverty of spirit. In quiet, we pray for those that we know. Holy God, this Advent we set ourselves to longing again, longing and waiting and hoping. Come, come to us and let us find glimmers of new birth in the world. Let us find time 
and place to rejoice. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining with me for this time of worship today. Now is the time of watching and waiting, a time pregnant with hope, a time to watch and pray. Christ our Advent hope, let us glimpse your new promise that brings hope in the darkness, and let your light lift horizons and tug us ever onward on our Advent path. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen. <laughs>